Hello, and welcome to the Military Maker Podcast. We're a group of military guys making the transition from the battlefield to the woodshop who like to talk about making, running a business, innovating, creating, and whatever else comes to mind. So you just might learn something here, or you may not, but what do you have to lose? So go ahead, pull up a seat and join us while we discuss our next mission. But remember, folks, we are vets. Sometimes uh, words slip. Wait, so not, wait not eat, Jesse. That's all. We didn't want to. Uh, we didn't want to move on forward without uh, having the whole crew here. Ah, uh, shucks. On episode number ten, season two. I'm pretty excited. This is actually pretty good. And uh, we got. And tonight we got uh, Logan Newman from. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get this right because every time I read your thing, I read it wrong. Newman Specials Woodwork. Yes. Yes. Not Newman special. <laughs> I mean, he With is. us tonight. He's very special. Yes. <laughs> but before we begin our show, we'd like to uh, thank all the people that support the show through our patron page or at uh, patreon.com forward slash the military makers. We've got a lot of patrons out there and uh, they do a really great job sticking with us and helping us out. And um, yeah, it's really nice to have them on a board. Well said. Well Perfect. said. I was yeah. waiting for you to say so, Jesse. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't say it better. <laughs> yeah, you could because that was all messed up. <laughs> hey, they don't support you for your literacy skills, Sarge. They, oh, this is true. This is yeah. true. I could barely skip two sentences together without slurring my speech. Oh man. So it's been busy week for everybody, I assume. And uh, we got Flash with us tonight, and he's coming. He's actually on the show tonight from his vacation cabin in Florida, Missouri, home of Mark Twain. Am I correct? That's exactly right. Yep. There we go. Who knew Mark Twain was born in Florida, Missouri? I did. Who, who know that out in the middle of the woods, you actually have internet connection. That's that good enough to be on the show. <laughs> right. You know, I had to know something was up. I didn't see a bunch of dead deer staring at me. <laughs> I, I knew you couldn't be, be in the normal place. I'll tell you what, watch watch out behind me. You might see a stray cockroach walk through or something. You never know. I actually thought that was a giant spider on the wall behind you. Back here. Oh, no. Over, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that? Seriously. Oh, it's a palm a, tree. Looks like a palm tree. Oh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a flower display, kind of a wreath oh, okay. or something. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Got Whatever it is, it came from a garage sale. <laughs> so, Newman, before we uh, kick it off here, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, share a little information with us, and then uh, we'll get on with uh, talking about some stuff. All right. So, uh, actually, this this kind of interesting because everything that I'm doing now directly goes back to to my time. I uh, I actually graduated high school in 1991 and went straight to boot camp. Um, and and so I'm a Jewish guy from Pennsylvania. And when I went to the uh, the MEPS, they're like, what do you want to do? I said, I, I don't I don't know. What can I do? And came down to, uh, well, I, I'm, my mom's going to cry either way. So I'll go into the medical field like a good Jewish boy. And that way she won't cry too much. Um, and so they promised me I could go and become a uh, operating room technician. And you know how much those promises are worth, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I got done with boot camp, uh, went to core school, which is, you know, medic, hospital corpsman. And at the end of it, near the end, they came to me. Everyone had gotten their orders except for me and two other guys. And they came to us and they said, all right, guys, you got a choice. Your OR room school, uh, OR tech school has filled up for the fiscal year. Your detailer is on leave. Here are your choices. You can become a flight medic, you can become a nuclear subtech, or you can become an optician. So the flight medic, obviously, 
they're known as pecker checkers. You guys know that. Right? Eddie's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. Sarge no- can't be everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was, I was, listen, I was not doing that. Uh, or go down on a sub for six months out of the year checking nuclear radiation levels. Yeah, you got my, that wrong. It's the submarines that check the peckers, and it's the <laughs> come on, come on, really, Navy seaman jokes already. <laughs> it's okay if it's from me. Yeah, that's right. They come right out anyway, right? That's right. So, so, uh, or I could choose an optician, and and honestly, I looked at it as the lesser of three evils. I was like, I don't. I actually, the first thing I said is because it was the first Gulf War. I said, well, listen, can I just go with Marines? And they said no, and I said, well here's the deal. I don't like those choices. I really, really want to go with the Marines. And they said, congratulations. Uh, those are your choices. So I wound up becoming an optician. And, uh, so I went out to Yorktown, Virginia, Naval Weapons Station. Uh, and, and it was fantastic. Like I had a good time. I got, a uh, my associate's degree. When I got done, I was actually going to go to school to become an optometrist. I thought, you know, this will be fun. But I went to school in Pennsylvania in the mountains and there was one optometry place and and I kind of got away from it. So at the end of college with my bachelor's degree, I was like, I didn't I didn't want to go to college for optometry. So I went back to school for education. So then I moved up to Rochester, New York. This is where it gets interesting. I taught up here for 10 years. One of my buddies who is I call him an idea guy, this this guy, he's like, oh, there's a problem here. Let, I got this great solution. Let me fix it. He said, how would I have this kid I have not been able to get glasses for? How cool would it be if you had a program teaching kids to make eyeglasses? And I said, nobody's doing that. Everybody's sending kids to college. Nobody wants that crap. He goes, I'm going to make it work. So about three years later, he comes to me. He goes, remember that idea? He goes, I just got you $65,000. What can you do with that? So taking everything I learned in the Navy, I moved it and I started teaching kids to make eyeglasses. So now we get... Between his program and mine, and we we give out some money, we get roughly $465,000 a year from the state. And I teach high school kids to make eyeglasses, literally going through the steps I learned in the Navy, you know, adding in other stuff. We... I teach the kids to make glasses. Today, actually, I was at an elementary school with three of my students. There were 20 kids from the elementary school. Now, I I teach in Rochester, New York, which has one of, and I know a couple of you guys know the area, one of the highest per capita uh, poverty rates in the nation. So these kids don't have glasses. So we had a doctor volunteer. My students ran the visit. They did everything. You know, they, they... Check the. They didn't check the eyes, but they did the pre-screening. They helped them pick out frames, took measurements, and then we'll make the glasses and take them back to them. So that's all pretty, of that. That's, that's pretty amazing, man. That's keep going. I'm sorry. No, all of that because I didn't want to be a pecker check. <laughs> I mean, just think of the things you'd be making for the kids if you were. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I don't in think- Sarge cases, that's still glasses, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off the making fun of Sarge Bo here. That, that that's actually incredible, Logan. I mean, yeah. to be able to turn that skill into something that is obviously a benefit to the community is, I mean, that's a that's that's a gift and a treasure. We over the past probably ten years, we've made somewhere in our neighborhood of five and a half thousand pairs of glasses for these kids. So you know, it's it's honestly, I love it. Um, there are things that I don't like. Because, you know, you're teaching and there's always something. And with uh, COVID was a pain in the ass. You can't even imagine how I tried to teach like that. But, I mean, can you imagine trying to do woodworking over Zoom? Uh, Here's how you would use the table saw. It just does not work. No. Uh, so when when you talk about making these glass, I mean, like what what exactly is involved? So you basically mold the plastic, the whole nine yards. Or? Well, we buy frames from a company in Florida where we get them donated. Um, they have to use the what we call the lensometer to set the power of the 
prescription, use the machines to cut them, hand bevel them, fit the patients, you know, all that crap. They do everything and then they, they fit the glasses and, and make them. So. Okay. Okay. So you guys actually make the lenses too. Well, the frames we buy, yeah, the lenses are the part, you know, so we can like, uh, for my advanced kids, I teach them to make the semi rimless with a no frame on the bottom. And then we'll also make uh progressives and bifocals for, for the older folk. I'm sure, you know, at least some of you yes, know what I have. A, I have a pair of the progressive. Yeah, they're great. Well, these are my reading glasses. I mean, if <laughs> yeah, if I if I didn't have uh, if I didn't have these, I you know I can't see. I mean, I, mean, I should be having progressives. I had bought bifocals when I first started wearing glasses. I'm like, nah, there's got to be something better than this. Dude, I got then, kids. Uh, I got kids who wear bifocals that we make bifocals. For and right, little kids, you feel bad for them, but they can see, and that's what's great. So, I mean, yeah. they make them, they give them out, you know. And the, the kid, uh, one of the boys today, um, so what I like is when we go to elementary school, we either do it at my school where I have a whole lab set up, I have a vision lane, I, I mean, I have everything. They redid the classroom a couple years ago, uh, or we do it at an elementary school where we basically cart everything in and set it up. And the kid, uh, today he's like i just i feel so professional he goes i just i feel good that's awesome that's awesome yeah. so, so is there an organization that you make the glasses for or is it just anybody who needs them just kids in the rochester city school district so okay i mean that that encompasses thirty thousand kids so Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on a yesterday, the other thing I do is I drive around and deliver the glasses. So yesterday I was at eight, eight schools, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Navy stuff, like I, I would not be where I am if it were not for the fact that the Marines did not want me. I mean, wait, so I was not allowed to go with the Marines. Matt, I'm just happy that somebody is finally on this show that speaks my same language. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how long were you in the Navy? I was in for four years. And and it's always kind of embarrassing. Like, uh, you know, I sent the picture of myself in, in my uniform. I have one picture. It is the freaking most embarrassing thing. I've got the National Service ribbon. I've got one ribbon. Because oddly enough, they don't give ribbons for most pairs of glasses me. And the 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 best tinting of, of aviator sunglasses. I don't know why. Yeah. You, you, plus, I mean, you said you graduated high school in 91. So what, did you enlist right away? Like 91, 92? Yeah. Actually, I was in before I went. I was in at 90. I did the delayed entry program. Uh, okay. So, I mean, to that point, though, you were in pre 9-11. I mean, it was yeah. for, for all of us who were in before and after can attest. It was a completely different, you, you know, they didn't hand out the ribbons and medals quite is i don't know I, I a lot of that depends on the community but if you just had one back then that wasn't as <clears throat> abnormal as say today yeah when did you actually hit basic training what what month uh june of 91 we were in san diego okay sand uh, I, I went to base train uh march of 91 okay. and you said yeah, you went to san diego cool. yeah Ah, man, you are old school. I know, right? Before they closed it down. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I was going to San Diego boot camp. I mean, that's where my brother went. That's where my dad went. I knew I was going to San Diego and I get on a plane to Chicago and I'm like, I can't, I'm not, what am I? I'm not going to Chicago. I, I was already in trouble. You know, I hadn't even been in the Navy yet and I'm already, already messing it up. I'm flying to Chicago. I'm like, why am I not going to San Diego? What, uh, when was it? Winter 2000. So, so I went in September, 2000 and so you were there in the cold weather. Yeah. I mean, we had those days where we emptied out the, the locker room or not, or the, the lock the locker with, you know, throw all the towels around your neck, throw, throw everything you possibly can to just stay alive. It was pretty, but you, you know, every, every generation says they had it 
harder than the next generation, right? So, so clearly my boot camp was much much easier than your boot camp because. Well, here, here, here was us. We were in San Diego in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. so it would be we'd have the Black Flag days when you can't go outside. So instead, what they would do is they would have us shut down all the windows, put on the wool cap, tuck the the pants into the socks, button everything up, and we would. They would tell us a PT until the walls sweated. Yeah, make it rain is what yep. they told us. You know, oh, yeah, yep. yep. make Where'd it so it humid in there that the water comes off the off the windows. Never but forget that. I tell you what, though, man, it's amazing. I was as last night as I was trying to think of some things Navy things to talk about. I was so so excited that some Navy guy was coming on here, and I was thinking about my time in boot camp. And it's funny because you know I don't know how the barracks were arranged in San Diego, but at Great Lakes, you know, we all had like a ship that we were assigned to, right? So like my barracks was ship six, and and I was like, it's really funny. I I can remember ship six, you know not even a ship. And I can't even tell you the name of every real ship I was on. Right. But I could remember ship six. Of course. Yeah. That one's in, that one's in there. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little intrigued here. So you got to, you got to educate this air force boy on what exactly ship sex is. I'm not not really sure what we're referring to. (laughs) Number six. I guess out there in the boonies out in Florida, Missouri, they don't have good uh, sound. I mean, he's only been out there for 24 hours and he's already, He's already slipping. He's, he's, <laughs> the, the dueling I'm, banjos I'm, are already starting to go. I'm, uh, I'm, start, I'm kind of reminiscing because I'm like, you know, we all went in about the same time. And I feel like I got I got more gray hair than the rest of you. So I'm like, I'm just a little bit disappointed in myself and my genetics. Uh, I, I mean, went in, I went in in April of 1990. So I got I got to my first installation. I'm not kidding you. The same week that Desert Storm kicked off like literally kicked off in August. Um, they're like, well, we're glad to see you. I'm like, well, good. I, I'm brand new, though. I don't know much. And they're like, no, you don't understand. We're glad to see you. We need some people. I'm like, okay. Well, I'll never forget that, man. My, my Everyone was uh, worried. Are you going to be out there? I'm like, I, by the time I get done with boot camp, it'll probably be yeah. like, you guys are worried about nothing right now. Uh, man, I can't remember if I told you guys this story before, but I remember the hardest that we got you know, beaten boot camp was the day after the coal got hit. And so that's that that's the that dates me, right? That tells you when I was in boot camp. So when the USS Coal got got bombed or you know the the boat pulled up and ex- exploded a, a, a bomb next to the yeah, blew a hole in the hole. Um, you know, so that was we found out about that Sunday morning, which that for the first what like three hours of Sunday morning, that's when you're allowed to like write letters home, do yeah. your laundry, stuff like that. So we are kind of you know, guys are kind of goofing around a little, a little bit, you know, boys being boys and uh, everybody's kind of laughing all of a sudden, like the, you know, petty officer comes in and it's like, how dare you laugh when 17 of my shipmates just died? They're like, come on, man. Like how in the, how would we know that? And, <laughs> and like, I, I can't even tell you, I mean, how many pushups and nonsense just because we were laughing after the coal guy hit. And I'm like, clearly none of us would have been laughing yeah. if you would have just told us something like that happened. Yeah, but, right. But, but we uh, had uh, my I will never forget. You guys uh, probably won't forget yours. The uh, drill instructors. So I had in San Diego. Wait, I had two Filipinos, <laughs> senior chief petty officer Gavino and chief petty officer Lagdan. And I will never forget. They could yell at us. And we had 90 percent of the time had no idea what they were saying <laughs> until they got to the part where they went down. Well, uh, uh, that I understood. Okay, I, I'm horrible at that. I I cannot. I can't recall hardly any names. And I tell you, in 22 years in the in the army, I can't remember ever really bumping into anybody I've actually served with somewhere else. So it's I don't know. Maybe that's weird. 
because I always hear these stories like, oh, yeah, we served there. And then, oh, yeah, we caught up over here 10 years later. And it's like, I never had that experience, man. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I never ran into anybody else that I went to boot camp with. That was uh, or anywhere. So, I mean, any, yeah. any, any, any place I served, I never, I never ran into anybody a second time after serving with them somewhere else. Crazy. Do you think, they, just, do you think they were kind of looking the other way? No, I, I they're probably, they probably trying to avoid me, man. Yeah, you're right. Well, we would, uh, when we were in San Diego, we used to go down to Tijuana and there was a couple of us that would go down there. And uh, one of the guys that I went with there got stationed with me out in Yorktown. And then one of the guys that I got state that I was in boot camp with went to Alaska and had some interesting stories about his uh, his posting up there and then came back down to where I was too. So it was the only, I didn't go anywhere. Like I went to Yorktown and I stayed there for three and a half. Like we could not get on a ship that there, there were 14 billets for opticians. And I was like, I don't want to do this crap anyway. Can you please send? No, you're, you, we know you're a short timer. You're not, uh, you're not getting promoted. Not a career guy. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, Corman have that, that advancement. I mean, even today, not it's not good I mean, no. corman i mean when you see when you see a first class or a corman chief you know at that point they're they're pretty solid folks so yeah. um or at least they've been around a while because it's it's definitely because everybody i mean i think it's the i don't i don't have the numbers in front of me but it's some of the highest numbers in the in the navy well, so yeah, unfortunately in the military you know it's like the smaller the mos is the less opportunity for moving up because once you start getting people who are sevens and eights after 10 or 12 years they still got another eight nine ten years left they're just clogging up the system and people really can't move anywhere because they don't have positions at a higher rate. So what do they do? They pump the points all the way up to 999. And, you know, a lot of people don't have 999 points to get promoted to E6 or E or well, E7. That doesn't matter for E7 because that's all decentralized. Yeah. So no. anyways, Back so we're talking day. about we're talking about veterans, right? Oh. Well, hold on. So, so, so on that topic, so hold that point, Sarge. I just got to bring this back to the Navy one more time for Logan here. I so, <laughs> so I think I've been on Instagram. I, I don't know, maybe on and off for the last year and a half, two years or whatever. But I, I think I actually followed you pretty early in all that. And it, actually, I don't think it had probably anything to do with you being in the Navy. Like it, I don't somehow, some way your page popped up as somebody I might like, or who, who knows, right? I have no idea right. But for, for whatever, however our paths crossed in that particular, um, you know, setting, like I, I followed you and I remember, I still remember it's probably been a year, year and a half. And I still remember I, I saw, it was probably one of the first posts I've saw of yours. And it, and I was like, the dude has to be a Navy guy. Right. And it was, you would have like a, a, a vacuum hose, like <laughs> on, on your shorts. And it was something like, this is how you keep the man parts cool or something like that. And I'm like, that's so funny. Cause I did the exact same thing on the submarine. And I'm like, I'm not sure if this guy is a prior submariner or, or what, what's up with this guy, but that's definitely, that's a military trick right there. So we, uh, so when we were, uh, when we were unfortunately stationed in uh, Yorktown, it was, it, so where I was, was basically a factory. We, and actually the army is there now too, but we made glasses for everybody east of the Mississippi and west of the Indian Ocean. And I got to tell you, I did not want to be there. Uh, I'm surprised I did not get myself court-martialed out. Uh, you know, some of the stupid shit I did, I, I hooked up an air hose to a potato gun and I was shooting batteries across the, uh, you know, at, at pine cones. But one of the things we would do is we would hook the vacuums up to our pants because it was so hot in there. And, and I forgot about that. God, It works. 
it does it's gets the airflow and go it's uh yeah and i mean i i was stationed in chesapeake for what nine years which is you know just lower lower yorktown right Mm -hmm. and uh i mean i would have to bring if i went golfing i'd bring three shirts with me Right. I mean, it was so humid. You just, you'd have to, I mean, it was just miserable. I, that, I would have brought a portable vacuum if I had it. That and lots of baby powder. <laughs> oh, gold bond is definitely your friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as the, as a lone air force guy, I got to jump in here because you can only imagine what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're putting their vacuum hoses up to their shorts. Oh, what the hell? just give it a try. They'll thank us later. I got. I got to tell you, the air conditioner runs cold in the Air Force dorms. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, you guys, it gets hot in the golf courses on the Air Force bases. I mean, you got you got it rough in some ways. It's it's, it's tough sitting in those chairs. It is. It is. Yeah, Chair Force was good to me. I got to tell you. All right, Sarge. I'm sorry I interrupted you. you, uh, you I, I you, know nothing about what you guys are talking about. Well, those who know know, and if you don't, <laughs> take notes. Yeah, try it. Yeah. You'll thank us later. I just let our sweat cool us off in the heat. Got to get that airflow, Sarge. Got to get the airflow. Anyway, yeah. so speaking of military, so I, I posted a uh, a question or a poll, I guess you'd say, uh, asked by one of our listeners out there. And the question was, does advertising that you're a veteran or in the military in your business, does it have, does it provide any advantages? And uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting question because, you know, I, since I've been on IG, I I follow a lot of people and some, I didn't even know they were in the military because they don't even say anything about it. Right. And then some, you know, first thing you see on their description, veteran business, you know, veteran this or whatever. Right. So how do y'all feel about that? Uh, advertising as a veteran business, because I'm going to tell you right now, 73% of the people polled said that, yes, there's an advantage to that. So there you go. <laughs> well, now you got me all paranoid. Now I'm trying to see what my, uh, my Instagram page says. <laughs> I, I put that up there. I, I didn't have it there for a long time. Uh, you know, again, coming back to uh, my basic embarrassment that I have, you know, the one national defense ribbon and four years. And, and you know, I don't really view that as the great contribution that some people made. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I find myself reminiscing more upon my time. And and uh, I do I, I put it up there sometime last year. Uh, Jesse, it might have even been not even been up there by at the first point. Uh, and I, I put it up there and I don't think it makes any difference, except, you know, once in a while, people will be like, hey, shipmate, uh, you know, and post something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't get a lot of business off IG anyway. So, you, so go ahead. Well, I was going to, I guess, to kind of bring it to the to the basics of the question, right? Like, what are you looking at? Like, when you see veteran-owned business, what is that? What's the, what, what thoughts does that kind of inspire, right? And then, and then I also kind of like to to equalize everything, right? Like, so if, if there were three products out there, all the exact same price, same quality, same exact product. And one of the owners was a veteran owned business. I would, I would probably, not probably it would, that's, that's where that's the company that would get my money. Unless he was here. I, you know, I think Space Force might be the might be my drive. <laughs> like now that we have Space Force, Air Force, I think is safe. I think like, like there are no Space Force veterans yet. No. I, so on a side note, I got my elk tags for Oregon yesterday. Why well, I, I applied for the lottery. Anyways, um, as I was submitting my VA paperwork, there was it was you know it said you know veterans, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, and the next Air Force 
it said including space force and i'm like i'm glad they had to specifically call out space force that yes space force does count as military so and anyways i think if all things being equal i I think going with the veteran you you know i think that's probably probably a no-brainer yeah as a a veteran but then Exactly. As a veteran. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, we meet, I meet tons of people, especially these days being retired and like hanging out with non, this is the first time in my life that I've been, been and Logan, you've experienced this for a while. Yeah. Like I am no longer part of a military community. Right. So I meet tons of people who, who ask me what I do and they're super interested, like far more interested about what I did than ever than when I was in a military community because everybody did it. Nobody cared. And, and I don't know if you've had that same experience, Logan, but that's that's how it's been for me. So I would say there's actually a lot of people out there that would kind of lean towards, you know, where that that would help. Again, I, I can't speak for, for very many people, but that would be my guess. If I can add on to that, I think we're also at a point in the the nation where, you know, being a veteran is more of a celebrated thing than it was. You know, when I was younger, it was more of the, oh, you're a veteran. Whereas now people tend to look on that patriotic. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I think all four of us can have probably witnessed that change. I mean, I've been called, like, I know it sounds super cliche and it blows my mind, but somebody actually called me a baby killer, you know, you know, and I was like, well, okay, great. You know, and I, I was getting my hair cut one time and you know you know how you just chit chat with the barber and she was like oh what do you do and i was like i'm on submarine and she literally stopped cutting my hair and she was like how can you be on a submarine when they don't allow women on submarines at the time right and i'm like just shut up and cut my hair right like just just cut my hair as if i control that policy right 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 Right. or control where they send you well you see when i was in subs were still volunteer service so that was that was voluntary. But uh, I mean, I came in wanting to be a pilot. I don't want anything to do with submarines. So that's another story in of itself. But but uh, I was going to uh, be a SEAL. You were going to be a SEAL? Is that, what you said? That, was, that was my goal. I joined to be a SEAL. <laughs> and, then, and then you make glasses instead. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What it was, was it was boot camp and no women in boot camp. <clears throat> yeah. Not a yeah, not a one. Sometimes you got to focus on the positive. He's not a pecker checker. So, hey, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want, while well, I got the mic, I want to go back to something that you said earlier that resonated with me a little bit. And that was, I don't know how truthful you are in saying it, but, you know, about having that one national defense ribbon and not feeling like you, you know, really, you know, did much or, sir, you know, point blank, I'll tell you, I completely disagree with that. I think, I think one's ribbon rack has nothing to do with the sacrifices that they made. And again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I, 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 I thank you for your service. Even if it was four years, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> To me, I'll tell you, in the Air Force, we give people a, a, a ribbon, a medal, if you will, for graduating basic training. So you you leave basic training with a medal, maybe two, if you shot well enough on the M4 at basic training. You could leave basic with two to three ribbons. So anyway, just for what it's worth, I, I think. And on, and on the same and on the same note, there, Flash, I'm with you on the same note, but it's a little bit more than that because if you really think about it, look what you're doing today. You said it yourself in the very beginning, okay? So really, your Navy career has carried you almost to where you are now. Uh, and I mean, to this day, you're still exercising those skills and disciplines that you did that you did when you were in the Navy, and here you are teaching to other kids 
out there. And that's like, that's freaking amazing. I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, uh, like I said, I, that's why, you know, as we were talking earlier, Jesse, why it's on my page now, you know, and it might not have been when you first looked at my pages because I'm, I'm more aware that what I'm doing is, is all because of the time I was in the Navy, so this should give you a dang on retroactive uh, medal for that. Uh, I can't even get out of glasses made. Yeah, like, right. uh, I, don't, I don't know what kind of medals they got in the Navy. Apparently, none for glasses. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, none for glasses, man. I tell you, there's tons to unpack there, though. Back to this veteran-owned business advantage, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a lot, a lot of things. Kind of back to that. Everything's equal. Like I would say, if quality was lower or the money was higher, I would say people probably wouldn't go. I mean, at the end of the day, dollars speak, right? And if it was a big difference, I would say that's. I don't think it would make a difference. But kind of that finishes that thought. But this whole, I have, I have kind of again back with Logan. Like you said, you, you said you only did four years, right? Yeah. So there's two points I kind of want to pack into one here. Not every four years is the same four years, first of all, right? And yep. not every 20 years is the same 20 years. I've seen dirt bags that did four years and I've seen dirt bags that did 20 years, right? So at, as vets, we like to support vets, but as vets, we also know that vets are just people too. And it, not all services are the same, right? I mean, I, I value, I, I appreciate anybody's service, but we all know that person that did, you know, four years because the military wouldn't let them do a day longer, right? And that's different. Yeah. That's different than, I mean, and maybe this was you too, but like I had a lot of friends going through nuke school that they were going through nuke school with me with a very detailed plan that they were going to pay for college with the GI bill. Yep. And this was going to be just a six year, you know, kind of experience for them. And it was, they were never meant to be more than that. And they stuck with it and they went out and went to college and did great things, you know, and there's no shame in that whatsoever. So I don't know. I, I, it really, to me, when I see a business that says it's veteran owned, I mean, it's like a good, but it doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't mean, I mean, it could mean anything, right? Well, and it's, know, look, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. man, go ahead. You go. Well, what I was going to say is, I mean, is it any different than saying like, you read a lot of people's profiles, you know, like father, husband, you know, follower of Christ, you know, things that, you know, are a big part of their lives. And, you know, 22 years in the military, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, the army was a big part of my life. I mean, a big chunk of my life. And so, you know, I'm going to let people know, hey, that's part of my life. I'm a dad. I do podcasting. I do this and I, you know, I'm a veteran. So um, I don't think it, I don't think it gives me any advantages or anything else like that. I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, In some aspects, I I don't think it really gives me any advantage over anybody else as far as uh, in, in business that is. And maybe I'm just utilizing it improperly or not using it to my advantage. I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me, um, first, Jesse, going with what you said, yeah, you, you got to get the measure of the man you, or woman, you know, whether or not you're going to go with them because you can tell whether or not they're an asshole. But uh, you can. T- most times talking to people, you can you can get it within the first however much and be like, yeah, no, I appreciate you. Um, but, uh, you know, Sarge, I, I think there's so many there are a lot of opportunities in terms of veterans helping veterans. But again, I, I, look, I bought my house thanks to being a veteran, you know, not having to deal with all the, the down payment and the what is it? 
mortgage insurance, and you can't beat that. That that by itself, every all those little things that you get helps in the business. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. How about you, Jeff? What do you think? I know you've talked about this in the past. Like you think that uh, you know people may think that uh, you know seeing someone who's making things and selling things as a veteran that it's probably you know with their discipline, past discipline stuff like that might be a better quality product or maybe a little more attention to detail, things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of have some mixed opinions on it. Um, I have it on my, in my bio, but like you said, Sarge, more more for just that's that's a big part of who I am. Um, I went in the Air Force when I was 19, like many other people, and you know, spent a lot of time at it. So it's just, it's, I like to get people a glimpse into who I am as a maker, I guess, or as a person for that matter. As far as whether there's value to it, I don't really know. I can tell you personally, when I'm out and about, or I'm at a craft fair, or I'm in, I'm anywhere, and I see a veteran owned, it, it draws my attention, just be, mainly because I'm a veteran. And I want to learn from that person potentially, or I want to go thank them for their service. Like I legitimately care about, you know, them being a veteran. And uh, that doesn't mean that it that I would necessarily expect a better product. I think there's a lot of non-veterans out there that make wonderful, you want to call them woodworking, make wonderful woodworking items. I mean, they're out there by the droves. So now on the flip side of that, I do, I would say that, you know, we've talked about it on a couple of episodes in the past where, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of veterans talk about the discipline and their approach to business and, you know, the way that they go about creating a design or, or making a project or whatever. And so I guess I could see it both ways. Well, you know, you have something in common with those guys too, or gals, right? And that's the other thing is you're going in to see them. You know, you have a conversation you can always strike up mm-hmm. as we talked about boot camp and, and, you know, those, those stories of people, that's the other nice thing, you know, when you meet a, a fellow maker, that's a veteran or, you know, a business owner, where did you, where were you in boot camp? When were you in, you know? So, you know what? What's a bigger difference to me personally isn't if the business is owned by a veteran. It's if one of my clients is a veteran. You, like I just sent out a shadow box. It's been received and he still hasn't paid, right? I'm not at all worried, right? Like it was a retirement gift for him. I mean, not a gift. He's paying for it for himself. But I mean, he did 20 years, retired as a 05. Not at all worried about him paying, right? Whereas just some dude off the street, I... I probably, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I don't have any like previous knowledge of this guy, but the fact that it's a military retirement box, I'm really not that concerned about the payment, you know? Um, I don't know. It makes a big difference to me on the client side, but that's just me. Maybe I'm just a really bad businessman too. Very possibly. (laughs) I'm a bad businessman, so I can't talk to that. (laughs) So actually I got a question for you though, Logan. Because I, I I am starting to get maybe perhaps a little bit of a reputation for being like uh, uh, anti social media guy, right? Like I'm always railing on IG. So you said something interesting. So actually, let me back something up too. So when I first started following you, I think you may have had like a couple thousand followers, and yeah. now you now I mean you're you're doing well, right? Like I mean by any measure, you got like sixteen plus or something. Like yeah. you you you're doing real okay. And congratulations. Thank you. So, Heartfelt, sincere congratulations, right? It's only been four and a half years. Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you, yeah, you're doing well. And so, my question for you, 
is you said you said you're not getting a lot of business on Instagram, right? So for you, what what's your motivation to succeed on Instagram? So you know, it, it's funny when I when I first was doing stuff, I'd say to my wife, "I'm doing this as part of my business. I want to do stuff on Instagram so that I can sell more stuff." And I mean, I definitely have sold things through Instagram. Um, you know, I, I posted a bench. I'll, I'll never forget. This was probably two and a half years ago. I I think I had like three thousand followers, and I made a bench for an art show. Um, beautiful spalted maple. It had uh, this weird, this is the only time I've seen it. It it must've been a mineral deposit of blue and red, just like going up through the spalting. It was absolutely amazing. And I posted it and a woman contacted me from Michigan and said, I want that bench. And you're like, okay, um, I've made it for this show, but I guess. And, and, you know, I said, maybe I could talk her into letting me hold on to it so I can take it to the show. And my wife's like, no, send it, make another one. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was a waterfall, uh, waterfall edge. It was beautiful. And uh, I've sold a couple things through Instagram, uh, but you know, I've got, I've got 116,000 on TikTok. And I really, I, I, I've decided that this sounds bad to say, it's better for me to try and market myself at first, just to post videos that I want that I think people are going to enjoy uh, about making things. Cause I, I obviously love that. And I enjoy the teaching aspect of it, but also I get people's companies sending me stuff, you know, and you're like, that's kind of nice. I like getting free stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't get a lot of tools, which, which kind of sucks, but I got a heater, you know, I got boots. I got, um, I have a really nice, I got a cricket machine last year. Um, nice. nice. Yeah. Right. Brand new one, which really sucked for them because I think I got a total of, I think three or 4,000 views between three videos on it uh, on TikTok. But you know, it's, it's nice to, to get some things and promote people that I believe in too. Um, and it, I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes people buy stuff can't depend on. It. Does that make sense? Is that? I, I hope I don't sound like an asshole. Edit me out if I sound like an ass. Um, I was actually hoping you'd sound more so, but you know, I'll I'll be the biggest jerk on the show again. It's all right. <laughs> No, no. I, I mean, I, I never hold in contempt anybody who does well. I mean, on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I'm just always curious about what I, I guess people's motivation or like what what drives you to keep posting because posting, making content is work, right? Is. And, and you, in a plug for you, like I really genuinely like your post, right? And I'm not just saying that because you're on here, but but I think it's that teacher side, right? Like you're on there to, sh- I don't know, you got a new trick, you're going to show somebody, you got a good product, you're going to show somebody. And it, to me, when I, when I, when I, when I would look at your stuff, it comes from that, that teacher spirit, right? Not, I want all your, I, I like, not because you care about the follows, right? Like you, it, it, it seems like it has a level of sincerity to it that not everybody has. Right. Um, and I appreciate that. And I'm just, it makes me even more curious. Like if you didn't seem sincere or authentic, I wouldn't care what your motivation was, but because you're actually come across as sincere, like, like, cause I honestly, like, I think I've got, I've been stuck at the same amount of followers on Instagram for like a year, but I don't put any effort into it. I don't make any content. I barely post pictures. So you get what you, you get in or get out of it what you put into it. Right. So I'm not putting it. That's not my thing. Cause I'm just, I don't have that motivation. And so I'm always curious about people who do. It's tough. I mean, let's, I mean, if we're honest, it, it is, it can be, it can be both. Uh, I don't want to, the meaning is not the word it is demanding, but it's also, you know, it's, it, I, there's my age. Uh, I just like, you get so disappointed that you've worked 
on this video and you know you're like i'm showing this really cool thing and six people have watched it and you're like why am i even bothering right and and it does it, it gets disappointing and you know i've i've come to the point a couple of times where i was like uh, so i'm a huge spider-man fan um and if you've ever seen any of the comics you recognize the one where he puts the the spider-man suit and walks away you know and i've come to that point times and, it, and you're like i'm just done and you take a break and i think i think part of it is an outlet for me um, you know, I, I really do enjoy posting, but like the jigs, uh, I love making, coming up with new ideas and new ways to make things. And I, I think it's fun to share it and have somebody go, dude, that's a really great idea. You know, having somebody make something that you came up with and go, I, I totally made that and I use it all the time. I awesome. agree with you. That's that's where I've been at last two weeks. I haven't really been posting hardly anything in the last couple of weeks and I just need a break. You know, it's like, uh, <clears throat> of course, you know, all the yard work I have have to do every weekend doesn't help out any at all. So, but it's been kind of nice not having to worry about, you know, posting a video, things like that. And, you know, I'm not losing any followers, but I'm certainly not gaining any. So, but um, I actually enjoy doing a video, editing, putting it up there. You know, I enjoy that. And like you said, sometimes you, you, you post, you got to, you put a lot of work into this video, a lot of editing and you put it up there. It's like, man, that thing just totally bombed. I thought that was a great video. And then you put something up like, I don't know, dance with your fucking tool, excuse my language, dance with your stinking tools. And then you get a million views and you're like, what the hell's up with that? Dude, but I'll I tell have you one of my, go, sorry. <clears throat> no, what I've noticed is um, like, I've kind of been focusing more on TikTok than I do Instagram. I used to use, I used to put my Instagram posts on TikTok, but now I'm putting my TikTok posts on Instagram. And I'm going to tell you why, because I find the interaction and people uh, interacting with my videos and commenting, asking questions is far more active over there than Instagram. Like I'll put the same video on Instagram and I get like, I may get a couple hundred people view it and no comments. And that same video on TikTok I'll have people ask me all kinds of questions. I'll do a video response. You know, it's like the video whoa. responses are really nice to be able to do those. And and TikTok or Instagram has those now, but I, I just don't think that they go anywhere. They they seem to just go into the the ether. It sometimes is. I, I, ahead, sometimes man. I feel like maybe I'm sorry. I, I, before I lose my I lose my thought all the time. So if I jump in, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. But but sometimes I feel like um, oh, Jesus Christ, I lost my fuck. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you're talking about people losing it. You're talking about people responding and and replying and conversating. Um, I can't remember. Shit, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not your fault, man. I, (laughs) it's not your fault. Seriously, it's just a problem I have. I can't help it. Um, anyways, no, but listen, you you were saying you know sometimes you have stupid com content that I posted. I don't know if you guys saw a couple of weeks ago, I posted because I did on both Instagram and, and TikTok seven o'clock at the morning in the morning on my way to actually I stopped to get gas after I dropped my kids off at school. I had an Aww. eight second video of look how expensive this board is. And by nine o'clock, it had 300,000 views. On Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is this is a load of crap. I literally went, hey, guys, how expensive is this board? I bought it at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I That's why I, I I I understand my weaknesses. Right. And one of my weaknesses is I clearly have no idea what people are entertained. And so I don't even try because I what, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. And I see something that's legitimate art or a legitimately 
phenomenal video and it doesn't I, I don't know I'm I'm the first like picture because I've I, I very few videos have I ever posted but the very first picture that I posted that greatly exceeded the number of likes and comments than anything ever before I mean I started it all with beer tap handles right and then I posted this one the the bar that I was making a bunch of beer tap handles for asked me to make um, a mallet to knock out the the little plug in, in a keg and so I made this I I get I I don't know I don't want to say I was ahead of my time but it was before all these mallet challenges and all these things right like I wouldn't have thought about making a mallet but they asked me specifically for a mallet so I I just used my imagination I, I came up with something that looked like Thor's hammer right and yep. I made and I think it was uh, walnut maple and purple heart are the three woods I used for this thing and I just kind of slammed it together it was fun and I put a picture of it and it easily was 10 times as many like interactions as any beer tap handle had ever made. And I was like, well, where am I supposed to go from here? Right. What was, what is this? I was confused from the start and I'm still confused about it. So, I mean, you post a video dusting or, you know, vacuuming sawdust off of a 3d carving and you're like Van Gogh of the, of the Instagram real world. Right. And you're just like, what? This is because I didn't have a proper dust collection machine, not because I'm a talented filmmaker. Or you have sandals on in your shop. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The trolls. (laughs) You get it now. I'll admit way more trolls on TikTok than Instagram any day. They're they're pretty, pretty brutal, but you know, talking about TikTok, I don't know what, I don't know what your most successful videos are, but I think, I think on TikTok, in the in the woodworking or making community or whatever you want to call it instructional or tip videos are always like every time i do one they they blow it out the water right but if i just do something like you know show something i made or 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 you know project or progress whatever yeah it's like people are down there they want to they want to see something or learn something you know what i mean and uh and on TikTok and i think on instagram i think the problem is you know, a lot of the accounts, let's face it, especially in the in the maker community, there's a lot of veterans, got big accounts, and you know, let's face it, you know, it's they're too busy for to make comments on other people's stuff. You know, it's like <clears throat> I don't know, just me. Maybe it's, I just feel like maybe Instagram people are just a little more snobby over there than they are on TikTok. They're a little more open, open minded, a little more fun, a little more. Uh, interactive than than on Instagram. I definitely think they're more interactive. Like, uh, you know, I've noticed that and um, it, it's weird. I mean, and also I think it's easier to grow on, on TikTok than it is on Instagram. Oh, yeah. You know, aside from, uh, you know, the guy I was talking about, Alpha Kilo, um, who grew, he's grown 20,000 in more than that, probably now in a couple of months. Uh, most people don't do that. The most is the most I grew. I grew, I think, thirty five thousand in a week on TikTok uh, because I had a video that went viral with, and now it's a, it's still it's at like twelve point five million views. If you guys have ever seen my cabinet, I call it the folding table cabinet thing. Um, it's it's I love it. I, you know, I made it for our kitchen, and then I made a stupid video that I thought ah, I'm just going to make this real quick, cleaning up after my daughter's 
birthday party last year and I posted it on a, I think a Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning. And I had like a million views in a day, uh, but, but it's interesting. Here's the thing. Like everybody talks, oh man, it'd be cool to go viral. It's really stressful because there are so many comments and so many things. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Where do I go right now? Like Jesse, like you said, what's the follow up? How do you, how do you make it into something that's going to be useful? I'm not the one to ask. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get that many comments. I try to. I like to. I like to respond to almost every comment I can get to. Yeah, yeah. And no question. I, I, I mean, that's a given. Like, I've never gone. I mean, I can't even fathom 1.6 million or whatever you said it. Well, I, I can't. I mean, if I can't count that high, then I'm not even. That's beyond what anything I've ever done. So I wouldn't even know where to begin. But on my humble little thing where I'm getting like a couple hundred views yeah. or whatever, like I will, you, you, it is your, in my opinion, you put that content on there. It is your obligation to respond to every single person. And I often respond in kind. If they put a little emoji, I'll put a little emoji back, right? Like, like that's it. Like, but they took the time to do that. If you don't take the time to respond, then I mean, I, whatever. So I, I a hundred percent, you know, I, I, I love it when people say, uh, uh, <laughs> I understand completely. Um, you know, when people say things like, um, Oh, thank you so much for responding. I can't believe you respond. I'm like, you post it. I, I have to say something. Right. The difficulty comes like with that post where I posted about the board that I was talking about, you know, I, I said, how much you think it's cost? And I've, you know, I've got 10 in a row that say, 175 like you, you know, I, I can't keep saying no <laughs> <laughs> wrong 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 right. yeah no to everybody below you're all wrong <laughs> although although the most negative comments i ever got was actually on instagram and it was uh i repaired a stupid drawer for friends of mine they they literally came to me and they said listen we have this drawer came with our cabinet we're going to replace our whole bathroom in a couple of months. This is just a pain in the butt. Can you fix it? So I got, um, I don't know if you guys know the Miller Dowling system. Have you yeah, yeah I, I use it all the time. Yeah, it's a nice piece. So I posted a video of it just showing how to do it, how to put it together. And everybody pointed out that the drawer pieces, the side and the back weren't aligned. Well, it's particle board. The pieces come pre-drilled pre, you know, uh, and everything. I literally was putting this dowel in to hold it. The number of people who told me I was a hack because I didn't align the pieces. So what I did is I just, I wrote a response. I saved it on my notes and, you know, I would copy and paste. Please see the pinned comment. This was a repair of drawer. You're a dumbass. Look at the drawer. It's pre-done. Yeah, that's funny because last month I had my first big negative comment. I, uh, I was doing a, a demonstration of the of a rub joint, right? Yep. Saw that and one. I said, I said, you don't need you don't need your clamp for something simple like this. If you've got the proper techniques and everything, bam. And then this guy talks about he's I've had a cabinet business. Uh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Blah blah blah. So I went on there and I busted it in half with a big old weight. And it didn't break on the line where the glue line, it broke the wood. And I said, there you now I, 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 I beeped out some of the things I was saying because uh, I don't want to be that much of an asshole, but it's like, 
And I had a lot of people like come into my defense, you know, saying, I don't know how you were a cabinet maker for 40 years and don't know that this is a perfectly legitimate joint, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, I was just demonstrating that, you know, if you if you got, let's say you run out of clamps, blowing up some panels. Well, you don't need a clamp. You can just rub joint it together and let it sit and dry. I mean, what's so big deal about that? So Sorry, I did a little, if, huh? If you, really want, if you really want to ruffle their feathers, just put glue on one side of the joint. That's going to really drive them crazy. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do uh, it all the sorry, time. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> Tight bond says you only need to do it on one. They literally, they did a video about it because, uh, and I used to put it on both sides and they went through and they tested and they said, you know, after we've done all this stuff, put it on one side, it lessens your joint. Uh, and it does not, re- uh, re- damn it. Sarge. Now you got me forgetting words. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. I can fill in the words. It's it's I'm, I'm not saying it's stupid. Right. But when you're doing a lot of, lot of gluing at the same time you're weakening the glue by letting it dry as you're wasting your time yeah you you know and i I tell you what i'm self-taught i i had done this for years before instagram was ever even invented and i i mean i don't know what people are doing to their joints that they would have to be so i'm i I don't know i i i don't know i mean i think if you have the time Sure, there there's gonna be one little you, you, you know I, I get I've seen I've seen the articles where people have glued one side, put it together, waited like five minutes, snapped it in half, and you can see little spots where the glue wasn't equally spread on both sides. Okay, so it wasn't equally spread, but if you let that glue dry, I promise you that that glue will do its job. Yep, sure. Will. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I mean, or unless you're using it as like a trampoline support. Well, in some if way. they don't, if they don't put enough glue on the one side, you know, if it's a spread right. point, if they're doing end grain to end grain, I mean, you have to. You end grain, end grain is always going to be a weak and, and dangerous joint. So yeah, you have to glue both sides with that. And, and that's another comment I made when I made my rebuttal. I was like. And you don't need to use two gallons of glue to put a joint together. It's like I watch some of these people. It's like, man, that's hours of extra work you're doing having to clean that shit up. Yeah. Crazy. I'm I'm amazed at how many retired cabinet makers there are out there. Honestly, so many retired experts. (laughs) So many experts. (laughs) (laughs) I watch watch a lot of fine woodworkers on YouTube, and I don't see their glue gooping out all over the place when they put something together. They got minimal cleaning. I've I've seen some even pull out a, a toothbrush with some water and just scrub the joint and wipe it out and just walk away. And let it dry. The funny thing is half of these things I see people glue in both seams are things that are like going on the wall like a flag. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you might as well just use like Elmer's white glue. Like there's no stress going on this piece of on this. Like it's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah, that's but, funny. But no, look, hey, I've got uh, shoot time's flying, but I, I've I've actually got two questions on pro- like, first of all, ever since I, I I saw saw it in uh, um, Monticello. So Jefferson's bookshelf, right? Yeah, like that's a kill. Yeah, yeah, that's a killer project right there. I love it. So, did you tell me about that? Did you uh, did you have plans for that, or did you just kind of look at the historical drawings? Because it, it's a super cool project, right? So, so here, here's the thing. Um, you guys saw the. Uh, you might have seen it. I don't know the the tabletop planer sled I made the other day, right? I made it up. I put it on. I, I did a hockey board with it. Um, actually, since it's still sitting there, this right. It's it's a couple pieces of wood. You know, space for a trim router. And it always amazes me. And and I'm not I'm not saying this in negatively. I, I need to make it 
say that, but the number of people who say, dude, can I get plans for that? I'm like, it's, it's two pieces of wood with two more at the end. But the, I'm not sure what plans you want. And and one of my my strengths has always been that I can look at something and sort of figure out how I would make it. So the Jefferson book stand, um, I have a buddy of mine, uh, he and his, his, I don't know if it's actually his wife or his common law wife, um, they own a place in Elmira called uh, uh, Bespoke Apothecary. And they live up in the hills. They are, they make herbal medicines. Like they are back to nature. And and he sent me a picture this one time. He goes, can you make me this? I really want this Jefferson book stand. And I looked at it, you know, I saw that it was a couple sizes and I'm like, well, let me see if I can see any plans. And I looked up and I saw one dude selling it for $1,800. And I looked at this thing and it looked like stained poplar. I'm like, that is the ugliest. All right. I'm making my own. And so by that part point, I already had my domino. So I knew that I was going to do breadboards uh, on the ends of this. And and Sarge and, and Flash, this is, um, in case you don't know, it is a five-sided book stand where each of the sides folds up with, a you know, it's a, basically a 12-inch cube. And then on top is another book stand that you can adjust and it rotates. So honestly, I just basically looked at it and I said, okay, how am I going to build this the way that I want it? And, you know, figuring out the different components. And that's... Uh, it, honestly, what I love about making things and, and, you know, you're like, all right, I need to make this. How am I going to do it? What is the most efficient manner? Um, and so no, coming to the long short answer of the long answer is I, I just, I don't use plans 90% of the time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, no, I was just, yeah, I was just curious because it is a complicated piece, right? Like yeah. it is, I mean, there's a lot of angles, there's a lot of different things on there. And I, I think plans are great for the self-taught person who wants, like you do a couple things based on a plan. And I did this, right? Like you, you follow along a plan and it teaches you how to do a joint. It teaches you how to achieve certain effects. And then it's like you said, to me, the joy in making half of it's the journey of figuring out how to make it right. right? Um, otherwise you're just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, everybody's in it for different reasons, so I'm not going to get into that, but I like the, the puzzle part, right? I like right. figuring out how to make it. I mean, I, I have plans and I make, you know, my, my plans usually are, okay, it's going to be this long. I want to make sure I have these boards. This is how many wood, how much wood I'm going to need. And then, you know, in your head, you have the, okay, I'm going to do these joints. I'm going to do this. And, and so the first time I made the Jefferson book stand, I got a mosquito trying to kill me. Um, the first time I made the Jefferson book stand, it was a lot of figuring it out and, and moving through it. And now, of course, I have it all written out because I've done it. So now the joy of making them is actually going, okay, I'm going to make a jig to help me make this part easier. And and how can I do that? And, and that, I think, is the other really thing I, I really enjoy is making the jigs to make your life easier. And you can't really make a jig until you've made stuff and figured out where you where it can be applied, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I like it. All right, so well, you not have two questions. I, I do. I was waiting for somebody else to ask a question because I don't want to hog all the all the Q and A time here. But uh, okay, so I, this may be a very common thing. I, I haven't, like I said, I don't hang out on Instagram that much, so I don't know what's common and what's not common. But I'm going to say you're one of the first people I've seen that has done this. Where I thought I was being pretty innovative, but I think you've, you're doing it too. And it's where you're using your CNC to carve out and then you're putting different colors of epoxy in there, right? So the one thing, and so there's a couple of projects that have come to mind. Like, I think you did like a, it almost looks like a, like a hockey rink or something on a, on a serving tray yep. and you've, and you've got different colors of epoxy in there. Right. Yeah. And so some of the, like, I don't, I, I haven't even posted the pictures, but I've got this one tap handle that I want to say I had to carve, carve it 
I think I did 12 different carvings. So I did one carving, did that color, you, you know, or, you know, I do a couple different colors on different parts of the handle. And then I'd let that dry, put it back on the CNC, recarve it. And I did it like 12 different layers. That's so scary, man. It, well, it was, but I've got a technique now, right? So maybe I should post that technique on TikTok. Yeah. So it's not scary for everybody, but, but I just, I wanted to hear kind of about your approach to that because it is scary because a, you've got the cost of the wood, but even more than the cost of the wood, you're talking about cost of time, right? You're looking at at least 24 hours in between each, each cycle for like a normal epoxy set time or whatever. That's what I use. It's basically, yeah. Yeah. you know, if I, if I carve it at noon on one day, I'll carve it at noon at the next day, right? Like it's just kind of a 24 hour cycle. Um, and it took a while because it is scary because if you don't have that exact start. I mean, when you're going to carve over the epoxy to put an epoxy color over, I mean, one, a tenth of an inch and you're screwed, right? Right. Right. I mean, we're dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of inches of, and that's one of the things that I love. I love that sort of precision. Right. And, and so I was just kind of, kind of curious about your approach to that. And so, we can, we can share tips and tricks if you want, but. Uh, so first, I don't know if you've ever seen him. There's a guy named uh, Shane's Hardwood. Um, he's on Instagram. Have you guys ever seen him? Yeah. He makes, uh, he makes barbecue boards doing exactly what you said. This guy blows me away with his artistry. Yeah. Because, he's incredible. Yeah. And he's only got like 18,000 followers and I don't know why. Um, but what is he? Shane's barbecue? Uh, Shane's hardwood, hardwood. Sorry. He, uh, he does. I mean, the pictures look like an actual picture, all in epoxy. It's amazing. And, um, you know, it all comes down to, like you said, making sure that you have your, your zero set and you know where you're going from. Yeah. And that, that I think is the hardest thing. I tend, I think I've done three designs where I do two different colors. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, like I did a Yoda, uh, baby Yoda, where I did the whole head and the hands, and then I carve out the eyes and the body. And, um, you know, I just, I think that for me, the biggest thing is making sure I have that zero set and that nothing moves and, you know, knowing what pieces aligned where. I mean, you, you use a, um, don't you use like a jig to make sure your part is put in the exact same spot again? Yeah, I have, I have, uh, basically an L shaped piece that is one corner of my clamp and, and, you know, like the hockey rink was only two colors, right. but if I had switched it around, I could have screwed everything up. So, you know, you cut one side flat and this is the side, or you mark a side and say, this is a side I'm going to cut on. And God, God help you that the computer doesn't decide to say, oh, I'm going to reset zero. Not, right. not to so, mention, you got to have, you got to have your plans down. You got to know like, okay, I need to do this color before this color. Cause you know, yeah. if you just yeah. get one step wrong, next, you know, you, you're, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of work. I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, so not, I, I, that sounded wrong. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. It sounded exactly how it should have sounded. <laughs> no, no. But I, for me personally, I, I think, uh, all the 3D modeling work I did really helped me figure out those layers that the color, because that's that's how I do the 3D modeling. I do it in layers. And I, I when I try to teach people, I always, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I imagine, I said, like, it's imagine like getting dressed, right? Like, like first you got to have like the, the body, if you will. And like, I will literally... I've never done this per se. So maybe I should use a different example of something I've done, but uh, I'll just use the same stupid example because I can't think of anything else right now. But like if, if, if you're doing a human body, right, then I will actually do a 3D model of the underwear underneath the clothes. 
right? And then I'll do because it doesn't look natural if you leave the the realistic parts out. And right. so it all builds on top of each other. And when you use that sort of mentality to put that extra work in on the stuff that nobody will ever see, it makes the final product look just that much more realistic, right? Um, Sarge is smirking at the idea of me 3D modeling underwear. I've told you I've never actually done that example. It just depends on what, what I'm doing. But I always try to do the stuff that you can't even see because I find that the end result looks that much better. Actually, and- Jesse, I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm just kind of bruising, cruising over uh, Shane Hardwood. Mm-hmm. He's got some funny stuff on here. He's a, sorry, yeah, sorry like, man. <laughs> it looks, no, it's okay. It looks hilarious. Yeah. But, but as far as my technique with, because I'm doing, like I said, this last tap handle I just did, I, I don't know if I can even show you a picture. But but uh, one of these days I'll post on Instagram. But uh, like three years after the fact of me making it, but um, I I almost it almost looks like a crosscut sled or something like it's a, its own piece of wood that I mount the piece of wood to that I'm carving right. And I I have been in that position where the machine resets zero, and like I said, it resets it by tenth of an inch. Right, you're, you're done. done. You're done. And so what I did is I I mean it's such a simple stupid solution. But what I did was just, I have a really fine tip permanent black marker and I just set that on zero. Right. And then I take a real small, small bit. It's, it's an annoying step, right? It's a, but it's a, it's a, what I think a 30 degree, 30 degree V bit. Mm -hmm. And I use that 30 degree V bit and stick it right on that small little black pen mark. Yeah. Right. And then lift it up, change to the bit that I want. And then all I'm changing is the Z axis at that point. And then I, and so, you know, if I'm using whatever, whatever big carving out bit, and it's always going to be, so if the machine resets itself to zero, I can still put it back on that original Sharpie mark right. and go and go from there. And then the other thing I did, I took some double-sided tape and because when I, I don't pour the epoxy on the CNC, you know, I do the carving, take that like sled that I made for that thing. I take that off, go pour the epoxy someplace else. And then I, I have like a, just a scrap piece of wood that I use double-sided tape that's on the, on the table itself, because you, so you, you could reset zero, but any, as you guys know, anytime you take that piece of wood off the table, I mean, you change the tilt at all. Like your zero might be right, but if your wood is tilted at all, you're, it's done yet again, it's done. So I have the, these blocks that are double-sided taped on there. So it fits right back into that same spot every time. And that's what I was talking about with where I have an L piece yep. where it just fits right into the corner. Um, but I really like, you know, and I, I, next time I have to do it, I'm going to give myself about an inch and then I can you know, yep. have that little spot right there. Yeah. And that spot has saved me so many times just you, you, you know, I mean, I've I've done crap where I've selected the wrong file, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I hit that emergency stop on the machine so it doesn't screw up the the, and then that just reset that reset zero, right? And so I only had to do that about three hundred times until I'm like, you know what? If I just put a little dot where zero is, I think that'll save me. That's not bad. It only took you three hundred times, <laughs> at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably rounding like, down. I'm sitting here like a listener to this episode, and I'm I'm literally. Like nodding my head, like yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've been there. I can just, I can see the listenership. Just yeah, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> hey, I mean, but that's kind of goes back to what you're saying, right, Logan? I mean, you're not going to learn. You're not going to to get that Jefferson book stand right or exactly, you know, the the polished product that very first time when you're not using when you're trying to come up with it yourself. You're so trying. I, you got to work through it. I was uh, talking to my students today, uh, and this is a big lesson for me to them, and I always. 
I stress this and and I actually have done a TikTok on this and I, I legitimately want my students to fail. You know, I, I don't want them to fail my class. I want them to fail what they're doing because the only way to learn is to fail and figure out what you need to do to fix it. And, you know, I, I said, I said to them, you know, I'm teaching you to make a pair of glasses. If you make a pair of glasses completely right the first time, what happens the second time when you screw it up? And you don't know how to fix it. You don't know what went wrong. You know, if you have to fail in order to to learn and figure it out. And that's, you know, the thing about making jigs, I've screwed stuff up. So now I'm like, oh, if I do this, I won't screw that up next time. No. And I tell you what, man, I don't know what your experience is. I have bought one jig plan. So full disclosure, I've, I have bought one jig plan and it was, it was a, like a four foot long dado jig, right? So I could do like dado joinery for like a big bookshelf or something like that. And I was like, man, I, I just need, I need something to be able to run my router any direction, any shape I want to down this big four by eight piece of plywood and cut a, you know, three quarter inch dado through this thing. And and I was looking for some different ideas and I came across this plan and this plan looked really cool because it had like a threaded rod and you could like tighten it up and it would be like self-centering and all these different things. I tell you what, man, that was like the biggest waste of like five bucks I've ever had in my life because that jig was the biggest piece of crap. That threaded rod didn't work. And I'm like, this was years ago. And I'm like, I, if I can't figure out how to make the jig for my actual application, then I am in the wrong hobby anyways. Well, I think you need to, you need to try on your own. And then when you see something like that, you'll see what makes sense. Here's the only thing I, I think the only thing I ever bought plans for, I did it once and I learned my lesson. I bought the 16,000 plans on uh on a cd oh, yeah. <laughs> get out of here man i swear to god <laughs> i've never told anybody that i bought that once and i was like what the oh that was a waste of money this is how you build a birdhouse yeah I have, uh, you can never go through them all now i have bought a i bought plans and I, i'll be honest with you, i'm the kind of person like i don't i'm not all about reinventing the wheel if someone's has already gone through the trouble and and came up with a really cool solution for something, I got no problem. I'll buy it and I can make it like too sweet because it's already there. I don't have to think about it. Just put it together, right? And I bought the Domino Dock for my 700. Man, best money I ever spent. I love that that little docking station. That thing is awesome. I've seen those. It, it is, it's really nice, especially when you're working with really small parts. You just bring the part to the tool and knock out your, your mortises works like a damn charm. Well, you know, and again, that comes back to my problem is I really am bad at following other people's plans. I think that's where it comes down to it is, you know, what makes sense to them. Oftentimes I'm like, why, why are you doing this? This seems dumb. And I, I have a hard time following it. So a lot of times I just will go, all right, I'm just going to figure this shit out on my own. Yeah. To be fair, that's also how I learned how to ski. Uh, and I don't ski anymore because after rolling down a hill or a mountain and losing my skis, I was like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore anymore yeah now i gotta make myself some new skis that, that's how that's how i usually do what i do i just you know i like my my wife wants she wants like a a, a closet makeover i'll just go in there and do some measurements okay yeah this is what i'm looking at da, 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 da. okay halfway through i'm like okay maybe i'm gonna change that up a little bit because they didn't quite work out the way i wanted to yeah <laughs> oh wait, I meant I meant three inches, not three feet. Shit. That's what exactly happened too, because I made these uh these cubby towers in there for her. And when I got them in there, 
I realized because I had to stand them up and the seat, it was too tall. It was, it was the right height to fit in there, but because of the angle, you can't stand it up. Yeah. I couldn't stand the damn thing up. So I had to take it back out in my shop and I cut off a whole top uh, cubby to make it fit in there. So, but you know what? That's solving problems, man. Like, you know, I'm only and, laughing because I've only done it eight or nine or 12 times. <laughs> Are we having confession hour here or what? It's yeah, well, let's hear one, Jim. Let's hear one, Flash. <laughs> I don't have any confessions other than I was, the patrons will see that I was eating during this episode. Uh, but That's all right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I just finished confession. off a beer. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. We always do that. Yeah. So last so- year, we, uh, my wife and I decided after 10 years in our house, nine years, we would redo our kitchen. So I literally made everything in our kitchen. I made the floor. Um, we did a wood floor. I bought 180 boards for $150, milled them, everything. Um, I, I had a friend who has a CNC, I have four by eight CNC. He cut out all the plywood for the cabinets. So I assembled the cabinets, made face frame, gave them all the measurements. We were going to put in one of the, the cabinets, which went on top of another one. And I'm, my wife and I, it's probably 11 o'clock the third day. Like literally it was, we did this over spring break last year. So it was, everything was built. We're doing the installation during the week. This is day three. I'm trying to four. I'm trying to put this cabinet up. And I had, uh, I think I, I want to say an inch too much on there. Could not put it in because of that. And then, oh, thank God for track saws. That's all I can say. Yeah. The best thing about saw. track saws. Yeah. <laughs> Dang right. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you what, I fixed it. You know, kind of to combine the two topics, having plans and, you, you, you know, uh, home rent renovations. So well, no one how to fix stuff. Yeah. So I, I actually, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, like I've got this house built in 1950 and I'm completely redoing every single room. Right. I mean, that is kind of right now I'm doing a lot of outdoor projects, but as soon as I'm done with these outdoor projects, I'm coming right back in and doing every single room. And I tell you, I, I don't have a lot of general construction experience, right? Like, I mean, there's a huge difference in making a Jefferson bookstand and remodeling a bathroom, right? I mean, two totally separate kind of related, but not really related skills. And and so I, I'm watching these YouTube videos and I'm watching these things. And granted, I'm not spending any money on plans, but I'm wasting my time watching these videos. And this one little guest, it's just a little half bath. And I was doing uh, like a board and batten sort of um, wainscoting around the bottom and paint on top, two different layers. And I'm watching all these videos and all these tips and tricks. I'm like, ah, okay, I got this. No problem. And then I go into the actual bathroom and I'm like, I don't got the, <laughs> these video makers are doing it in a completely sterile environment, right? Like they got everything perfect. They ha- This is not... Any of these problems that might arise, ha- they did not include this half bath in any like, I mean, so I basically had to figure the whole thing out myself. And it was honestly, I mean, it was the probably the least important room of my house, least used, you know, whatever. But I'm like, you know what? I just got to go with like common sense. Like these videos, they're not going to, they're, it would be impossible for somebody to address every single issue that a house built in 1950 is going to give you. So you just, you just got to figure it out. And it's kind of like boat building, man. I was so scared to lay that first strip of wood. You just got to lay that first strip and then it all starts coming out. And you know, there's a good chance they, they cut out a lot of the stuff that you probably wanted to see. You know what I'm saying, Jesse? In the oh yeah. Like the perfect every time hand cut dovetails. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's not me. I'll tell you that right no. now. <laughs> As it shouldn't be. <laughs> so. so there's no perfect every time. But 
you know, and, and I'm sure, uh, Jess, you can, you can appreciate the same thing. My son had prom, my son is 17. So two weeks ago they had prom and weirdest time their, their prom went from seven to nine 30. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, so he and, uh, three of his friends came over and they hung out and they, they walked in the house and I'm like, this is a beautiful house. And they walked in the kitchen, like, oh my God, your kitchen is so beautiful. And they all sat in the kitchen the whole time, just hanging out. Food was in another room, but they all wanted to sit in there. So, you know, even if it's a least used room at the end of it, you're like, I did that. I did that. Yep. <laughs> for better, for worse, we did it. But uh... so here I wanted, I, I thought this was funny. I just, re- I remembered something um, that I thought you guys would appreciate. I don't, I also do not come from woodworking as an experience, as a background. Um, My dad uh, had a jigsaw, you know, and a hammer. Um, So when I was in the Navy, I had my first place. I needed a headboard. My bed was two mattresses on the floor and I was tired. I, I didn't have any place to put my alarm clock. So I went to Lowe's and I bought pine and cinder blocks. And I actually hand sanded pine to the, you know, to make it smooth. I bought, uh, God, this is back in the day. Um, I, I had mending plates that I used and screwed them together in the back by hand. And that was one of the first things I made is I put the cinder blocks there and I put this headboard over top of it. And that was one of the first things that I made that I was like, dude, I, I did that. And and that's where I actually started making things also was then. Uh, it's, it's important to have that first good project. And that's probably the difference in people who keep doing it right. I mean, if that headboard came out completely, I mean, dysfunctional, who, you know, who knows where, right. where your hobbies would have taken you. But, but, uh, I think just patience and common sense will take you a long ways. But hey, man. at any rate, uh, shoot, Logan, what else do you have to say to us today? Tell us where to go. <laughs> Tell us what drop some knowledge. Sure. Yeah. Well, what, what have we not asked you that we should have? That's actually, that's probably a question we should ask all the time because we always feel like after we hit record, st- you know, stop recording, we're like, oh, well, we should have asked you this. I, I got nothing, man. I mean, I, I really, I, I got to tell you how much I enjoy just sitting down. I don't get a chance to sit down and talk like this, you know, um, at first reliving the old days uh, for me 30 years ago, but, you know, and now, I mean, just being able to talk woodworking, it does not happen as much as you want. And that's what we need to do is just be able to have, sit down and, and talk about this stuff. Cause it's, it's not easy. You're always going to make mistakes, but then you make fun things too, like simple little jigs that you're like, Oh, this makes my life easier. Oh man. That clamp right there is so money and so useful on so many different levels. I, yeah. <laughs> It, it amazes me how many jigs I have around here now, too. And it's just like, I'm sitting here. I was cleaning up earlier because, you know, I had guests coming over, right? <laughs> I had to clean up my shop. Uh, we, I'm in the middle of this massive, massive uh, build for me. It's 108 inches tall and 114 inches wide mudroom locker set. And it's, I definitely, I, I keep reminding myself, here's, here's something else. Uh, know your limitations in terms of size. Yeah. I don't I don't have that kind of size in my shop. You, I do. I mean, I can put it in here, but you know, it's crowded and then you can't work around. So every time I do something like this, I did an 11 foot table once. I'm like, I need to remember, I don't want to make an 11 foot table. I don't like doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not just like physical limitations or shop limitations, like creative limitations, right? Like I just don't want to build that. No. Can I? Sure. But I don't want to. And uh, that goes back to a previous show that we just talked about, like the power of saying no. And just, uh, you, you know, life's too short to make 
to to waste your time in the shop with things that don't make you happy. So well, I just I did I just turned somebody down the other day. I'm like, you know, I really appreciate that. It looks cool. Uh, I'm just not interested in making that right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you hate it's, to do that. You're always afraid you're going to lose business in the future. But it doesn't work that way, though. Somehow it just does not work that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, kind of goes back to what we, you know, full circle here, be a good person, do, do quality work. You're not going to lose business by saying no to one person. You're just not, it just doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, first of all, nobody's going to get online and be like, this son of a gun said no to me. So everybody else get out there and find somebody else. It just doesn't work that way. So um, it's all about prioritization. So at any rate, so you got that big mudroom, any other big projects going on? Um, I've got that. I've got, I've got a couple of things like lined up that I need to get to. And this is just killing me because it, it's, it's trying to line up the face frames and then worrying about the doors. Cause, and, and here's, okay. I, I, this was another one of my, my rants that actually went viral on TikTok. I, you know, I said, I'm going to, I'm complaining because I know at least six people will hear this. Um, I bought plans from a friend of mine on SketchUp and it was, uh, I love the guy, but it was one of the biggest mistakes I made because I went from his plans to cut the plywood. I bought eight sheets of pre-finished three-quarter inch plywood, which cost me $1,100, right? Um, And then there were three other sheets of plywood along with that four. So it was actually $1,500. And this was, you know, months ago when it was a little bit cheaper. And one of the sheets was cuts was wrong and it doesn't have dimensions and like the dados that were supposed to go in there don't match up. And it's just, it's tough, man. Like just, I, I, I think what you said is the most important, make things that make you happy. This is not fucking making me happy. Excuse my language. It's, it's not. And I just, I, well, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen my recent series. I did a box. Uh, I'm making a box. Um, a friend of mine from work, his wife contacted me and said, listen, my daughter's getting married. Can you make a box five by seven picture holders on the side? I for, I said, yeah. She contacted me in, in January. Um, her husband walked into my classroom the other day and I'm like, oh, shoot. When, when's your daughter getting married? It's like uh, middle of May. I'm like, oh, I uh, I need to make a box for, for that. Uh, I got to get to work. Yeah. So, but it, it's, it is the small projects that just allow you. And, and honestly, Jesse, I think you said it earlier. It, it was something simple. You just made it and, and it gives such a good feeling. You're like, this is why I like doing, you know? Like Serge, you were talking about too, making the videos, just making a video that actually comes out really good. And you're like, I enjoyed making this. Yeah, I do. I, I, I get a real, I get a real kick out of making videos. I, 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 I don't know what it is. Stupid, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I just, just enjoy doing it. It's fun to me. Why is that fun. stupid, man? Enjoy yourself. That's yeah, well, yeah, I know, but you know, it's like a lot of people would consider it just a waste of time. Am I making money doing it? No, I'm not making anything doing it. I'm just, uh, just doing it. Just doing it. Feel good about it. You know, that's all. You know, but it does take a lot of time though. And that's one of the reasons I haven't done anything lately because I'm just tired and, and I just need to take a break. And But, but listen, I think, I think making videos is similar to making a product. It's still making, you're making content and you're creating, you're taking, Taking the different pieces and you're saying, okay, I cut, I got this piece. I want to use this snippet of video and I want to use this snippet and putting it together. And you make this thing at the end and you're like, ah, that's pretty cool looking. Yeah. 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 I tell you what, I, I'm not, I, maybe someday I'll, when I get GoPro videos, 
set up all around my or GoPro set up all around my shop, you know, and get them going. See, I got my iPhone. Yeah. You That's know, get I that need. going, <laughs> you know, I'll get, get all that going someday. Maybe I'll find enjoyment, but I'll tell you what I do enjoy is, is I do enjoy meeting people like you, Logan, who I've seen on Instagram for a year or two now. And, and that is probably my, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is, you know, you start to kind of get this pseudo relationship online with some people you make comments on their post and next thing you know it's like hey brother this hey brother that but at the end of the day you've never really talked or, or got to know anybody and and uh that's just to say that i've really enjoyed getting to know you logan it's uh it's been really great having you on and I had a great uh, time. yeah no yeah, doubt so i had it's, a great uh, time and just on a side note, to kind of go back to the very beginning, I just think it's super cool that you took a, you know, at the time, uh, you know, some skill that you didn't think you'd ever maybe do anything with, or I don't know what your thought process was, but this seemingly simplistic skill that you learned in the Navy, you know, however many years, 20, 30 years ago, and and not only has it brought you like professional success, but just the amount of kids that you've been able to help in, in, in your, in your neighborhood that, I mean, that, you know, last show we talked about definition of success and at least from my perspective, I mean, that is success. I mean, that, that you just, to me, like, you won. You got it done. And that is super cool. So congratulations. 100%. I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you acknowledging the format of our show. Like you were saying, it's kind of nice sitting here talking to people with like minds and, you know, similar careers, things like that. And, you know, have military background. And that's really what this the premise of this show is, is, you know, a bunch of military guys sitting down, having a conversation about different topics. You know, like we were at the bar having a couple beers or maybe sitting at dinner table, eating some steak and or even in a pool hall, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate that. It was a great conversation. Uh, I actually learned a lot from you and I, I really appreciate you bring some uh, knowledge here onto the show. Appreciate it. I, uh, you know, it's uh oh shit. I just pulled a Sarge. I forgot what I was going to say. Man, I'll tell you what, this could be. A, oh, this it's could a be greatest a honor of your life. It's, this could you, be a you, it's a pinnacle this for you. This could be a meme right here. Yeah. <laughs> No, listen, I, I, I actually, I'm, I got to admit this. I was not a huge podcast fan. Um, uh, I, I don't listen to a lot because a lot of times when I'm in the shop, I'm so busy. I, I hate to say this, thinking through what my plans are. And, and, you know, then I I'm listening to people talk and then I get distracted by my work and I stop listening. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, I've gone back and listened to a bunch of the podcasts. I've listened to a couple before, but I really coming up to this, uh, last couple of weeks, I was like, I gotta, I gotta actually listen more than three and and i've enjoyed going back and listening to all of them it's it's a lot of fun listening to you guys and and getting to know you um so Must have been the shows feel, i missed yeah must have been the shows i wasn't present for they, they weren't as good um yeah. <laughs> with, with me there i i know i know <laughs> and we resemble that remark that's right now it's uh it's cool. And it, you know, you know, just selfishly, I, I know, and we just talked for an hour and a half or so, but, but uh, now I have context next time I see your post, you know, and that just adds, you know, you know, hopefully people who listen to the show also get that extra little personal touch and, and get that context as well. So, yeah, you so. know, what? and, and uh, let me say one more thing. I want to go back to something Sarge said, and this is something I wrestle with. Um, it, it is really important to engage in, in the posts. And, and, you know, you look at, as Sarge, you were saying, those big guys who have hundreds of thousands of followers, they don't always have a lot of people commenting. You know, it could be 20, 30 people, which is a lot compared to some of the ones that we get 
com, you know, interaction. But whenever you comment on their stuff, they start seeing you and they start paying attention. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when I see somebody who's been commenting on my stuff, I'm like, oh, let me check them out. And that's another way to to grow yourself too, is to make sure that you're paying attention right. and people see you, you know, and it's, it's all, it is, it's all about the interactions. Yep. I, I totally agree. You know, th you know, that is a factor in the whole, in the whole, uh, what do you, whatever you want to call it, algorithm. But, uh, you know, the more, the more, uh, interactive you are, the more popularity you gain throughout your, it actually, actually brings in more people to your, to your site. One, one of the guys, uh, Radek, I know everybody knows him, right? He's got 192,000 followers. Radek workshop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has always amazed me because I'm looking now, I, I yeah, I uh, he's been following, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've been following him. He's been following me for for a while, but that guy comments on so many people's stuff. Like, I Instagram to him is like a full time job. You know, that's not what I'm looking by any means, but. You know, that's part of, I think, part of his success is that he has gone through. And if it says someone, so-and-so suggested for you, he doesn't follow him, but he at least goes and comments and interacts with them. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, I, the fact that he has that much time and, and, and that's a full-time job for him, that's that's awesome. I'm glad he's, you know, I'm glad that's working for him. I but for me, yeah, for me personally, like I, I would give up every follower I have and just replace it with just the guys that I've had on this show, like, like you, like, you know, you and others who have actually sat down and had a talk, you know, conversation with, and it's just different. Now it's almost like, I don't know, just more person, yeah. personal. Well, listen, right? I want to see, I want to see that beer tap from you. Uh, I was looking up the picture. Are you talking about the, okay. So it's like a surfer dude. Um, I actually hated, hate, this is one of those contracts that I wanted to say no to. And, and, and I did initially, but then I was like, how can I do this to where it's expanding my, my skills? You know, to a point where I don't know, you probably cannot see uh stupid zoom, but uh, oh wow, no, I see it. Um, I'll, I'll post, I'll, yeah, I, I can send a picture, but it's uh, like I did all the stupid little tricks, like there's actually an ocean scene back there, and so you know, you did the heat, like the, I did the heat gun and all that stupid garbage, and uh, and then also do, like just making an artistic rendering of a person, right? Like there's a lot of different styles, but doing creating a person out of epoxy, uh, that's that, that, that's what got me. I was like, man, I don't know how to do this. And so I just kind of started playing with some flesh tone epoxy colors. And that's the other thing you look at like black diamond and all these things, they don't make a flesh tone pigment. You, you, you got to do mix all. Yeah. So well, I didn't have mix. I don't, yeah, I don't know. You, you know, I didn't have that. I just started, I started mixing acrylic paints to get a flesh color that I wanted. And then I painted the back of the wood. Oh, nice. And use like transparent sort of epoxy, and and that's what I love about I I'm, I'm not I'm not big into large scale epoxy stuff, but but the flexibility and different techniques that you could use with epoxy, and and like that Shane's hardwood, he's doing these pictures, and, and you know you can take an airbrush and do the exact same thing, but right. it doesn't have the depth. Like there's something like no, yeah, just, I'm there with you. There's a depth with the epoxy that just looks super cool. And like your ice skating rink, you can do that. You can you can take your cricket that you got for free and make a make a stencil and paint it, but it would not look anything like what yours look like, right? right. And uh, but yeah, I'll oh, send it. And that's one of the things I like about that hockey rink too, is because as you're saying with the colors, it actually makes me think of being on a hockey rink and, and even ice skating. And you're looking down, and you're like, oh, look at the blue through the red and all. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, these colors are awesome. It's good. It's cool. It's cool. But 
at any rate, I think we've probably wasted enough of your time, Logan. I uh, I know we've we're we're hitting our time limit here, not greatly exceeding it, but yeah. but it's uh it's hard to sh- cut a conversation short when we're enjoying the the company. So well, I I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go to bed. Me uh, too. <laughs> I got to get up. Oh yeah, all you, all you East Coasters. Yeah, I'm I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. I gotta I gotta get up and go to work tomorrow. Oh, see, if you would have done 20, you could have been like me and just not just don't go to on work. On the other hand, on the other hand, I've got eight years till I retire from teaching. All right. There you go. All right. That'll go probably way too quick yeah. or not, not quick enough. I don't know. I don't know. All right, but. guys. Thank you so much. Please, uh, you know, uh, hit that like, subscribe. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no. So. Let, let people know where they can get hold of you if they want oh, to yeah. contact you or something like that, websites, things like that. Oh, it's not Newman's Newman's special. It's Newman specials. Uh, I actually had somebody make up a logo for me one time and they tried to put Newman's special. I'm like, no, dude, I don't ride that bus. Um, it's uh, Newman specials woodwork at gmail.com and it's Newman specials woodwork on well, maybe it's just Newman specials on Instagram and TikTok. I don't even know. It's uh- Instagram is Newman Specials Woodwork. I can tell you that. I don't do I don't do the TikTok stuff, so I can't I can't help you out there. But you're definitely Newman Specials Woodwork on Instagram. Yeah, you know it it was such a bad name. I I had to come up with a name, and uh, I named it because one of my buddies looked at a desk that I made that was plywood and two by fours way back in the day. He goes, "What the hell is this? A Newman Special?" And and when I moved. And when I started actually selling stuff, they're like, oh, you have to get, you know, tax ID and all that stuff. What's your business name? I'm like, ah, I don't know. Newman Specials. So. <laughs> so. And there it is. Yeah. So, guys, uh, thank you yep. so much. I really, really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep. Really yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, if you want to if you want to leave a comment or anything else like that, feel free to uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, you know, we could always use a little uh, boost there in our in our rankings. And um, if you have any questions or would you have a subject or a topic you'd like to hear us talk about on the show? Yeah. Please reach out to Logan. <laughs> drop it off. Just hit us with a DM on Instagram or send it to the military makers at gmail.com. And we'll go ahead and try and get that into the show. We're always looking for some new topics and uh, and some uh, especially controversial ones. We like some controversial stuff. So by all means, hand it to us. Other than that, we're going to get out of here. Really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Appreciate you coming, Logan. Really appreciate you having me here. It was a good show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hit the button, Sarge. Hit it. I'm working on it. Hit it. Cut. Cut.